You're listening to the Soju Talk Nation podcast, episode 10. On today's episode, we discuss Rosie's single album, talk about this week in music, state of the nation, and preview kingdom. So sit back and chill with friends. You're listening to The After Show with the Soju Talk Nation. Welcome to the Soju Talk Nation podcast, a chill discussion on this week in the Soju Talk Nation. We're recording on Wednesday, March 17th, 2021. I'm your host, Crispy, and joining me as always is Koala. Hello. Hi, Koala. How are you? Uh, uh, not the best condition I've been. So I hear you're sick. Or at least you've got uh, some things that ail you. Ailments? Ailment? Ail you? Is that a thing? What? I don't know. Um, Why are you asking the German? <laughs> definitely don't know. What is English? Um, so, some announcements at right at the top of the show. Um, Koala will not be joining us this week. Uh, wow. Let's try that again. <laughs> announcements. Koala will not be joining us next week. She has exams. And we'll be busy with schoolwork, so we will wish her all the best luck um, while she gets her life together uh, and does well in school. Right? <laughs> Let's hope I don't F up English class again. Ah, yes, English. Perfect. Your native language, apparently. <laughs> totally. Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, celebrating the nation this week, um, March 17th. We have MC, so to the day that we are recording, um, once the show airs, go ahead and uh, give her a belated birthday greeting. Um, I don't think she has it set up where she's getting a notification, we're being announced that her birthday is happening, but um, yeah, go over to Discord and wish her a happy birthday. She's been a really big part of um, the K-Drama Club and just hanging out and watching Hotel De Luna with us and chatting with about... Uh, with us about different shows so yeah it's been really nice getting to know her uh, over the past few months a little bit um, a little bit deeper and just about uh, our similar interest um, and then on March 23rd we have Kevinus so wish Kevinus a happy birthday on March 23rd uh, that is next Tuesday um, any other announcements any other things you want to talk about before we get started Koala Nope. All right, so going right into this week in Soju Talk Music, uh, we have four songs this week. Uh, we'll be covering uh, things a little bit differently, but let's go over the four songs that they reviewed on the show. Uh, the first one was Rosé with her solo debut with On the Ground. And then Purple Kiss with their rookie debut with Ponzano. And then Pentagon, Do or Not, and Woods with Feel Like. Um, so the title of our episode this week is Rosé's R Review. So her single album, uh, which is two songs. We are going to talk about both songs this week. All right. So just at, uh, at the top of uh, our little review discussion, uh, we're going to talk about 
the crew and what they thought and their takes on the song and then we'll go into a little bit more detail on um the song itself the credits and then how we interpreted and felt about the music itself so uh koala let me ask you what did you think about how the crew compared the song to other modern pop songs that have existed um in the genre and how do you feel like they um interpreted kind of the the intention of the song so i honestly don't listen to like the western pop music that much anymore so my knowledge is really limited but i looked at the credits like most of the times i do and it's very visible that they hired like more not in-house producers but more people from like i don't know from what is their american label that's representing them yes interscope maybe some context from there and getting to talk with all these producers and it makes sense and i think it's also the intention that the crew talked about because if you think about it it was released on a friday and that's i think when the new like cycle for the billboard scoring starts yes i think it's fridays so it makes sense for her to not like drop the song like they usually do on monday to perform good in korea but to perform well like in the western part of the world yeah it's definitely targeting at least a more global market with the release schedule and especially because both songs are in english um they they did mention on the show that the song being in english lowers the entry of barrier for a lot of people um one because they already know blackpink blackpink is kind of established themselves as the female representation of k-pop now globally um so now rose coming in with a solo very highly anticipated not just within the k-pop community anymore now very much a global um a global i guess consciousness to their music and the genre and kind of the country um kind of more now of a focus on the country um, I did want to ask about a couple of the Western pop comparisons that they made on the show. So they mentioned uh, Louis Capaldi, Broods, Churches, Taylor Swift, and Avril Lavigne. Um, I know you just said that you don't keep up with modern pop, but can you at least see or at least make the connection with this genre of music over the past decade um, and how this acoustic electronica translates to what rosé was tr- was accomplishing um with on the ground i think the whole like theme and the whole sound just really worked out well in the end that makes sense because you can clearly like get that whole vibe throughout the two songs even though they seem pretty different gone is like more of a slower song but it still runs in that niche of more uh, acoustic vibes And I think it also makes sense for her as a persona if you get to know her a bit more and where she's from, what her preferences are and what she's usually up to and what she listens to. This is very much a representation of her personality, I would say, and her personal taste as well. Yeah, and I thought what Anita said on the show was interesting that um, the solos are trying to do something a little bit different from the Blackpink more k-pop focused sound um but still like connected right to what you think of blackpink um 
because then Warren then said that yes, there's a little bit of an experimentation with this sound, but you he could also definitely hear this as a Blackpink song. Um, so yeah, just any final thoughts about what the crew thought about on the ground specifically, whether it was the music video or the song itself? I gotta say that she really did look gorgeous. Yes, so many outfits. My gosh. Um, <laughs> I I remember sending you like, I think it was an Instagram post about, I think back in January when someone was talking about that Rosie was carrying around like a whole wardrobe for shooting something and it makes sense now. Right? She just, man, the wardrobe budget was out of control, first of all. She just had like a million different outfits, a lot of different styles. <laughs> everything beautiful everything gorgeous i mean there's not much you can say about just like the aesthetic and the look that she achieved in this music video um, i really want that album now yeah i mean it's it's one of those like very nice like keepsake albums where it's a nice um like cornerstone piece to where blackpink are in their journey as far as musicians and uh kind of their influence across music um because just like we've said in the past like blackpink Yes, they're established in Korea. Yes, they're initially a K-pop girl group. But how it's evolved and changed over time and now a very clear direction of them going to a more globally accessible sound, globally accessible image. Um, I feel like this kind of encapsulates that, right? Where, yes, like on mm-hmm. the one hand, we can be critical about uh, perhaps it not being executed a certain way, perhaps sounding a little too similar to a lot of modern pop music but it goes it's it's a big landmark as far as where k-pop has gotten to as far as like now okay like the rest of the world sees it and the rest of the world can enjoy it similar to us um so now going into the album discussion a little bit more um rosie has two songs on this album so it's on the ground and gone um so let's talk about like the album it, as a as a as a whole, right? Between the two songs, um, for on the ground there are six writers and five producers. Um, a lot of names you've kind of seen um, in the Western sphere of music and um, entertainment, um, and also Teddy is on there. But it's also interesting to note that Rosie is on um, is listed as a as a writer credit for on the ground. And then we have Gone, which has four writers and two producers. And Rosie, again, is listed as a credit for a writer on it. So (laughs) um, I think it goes a long way that she's getting the writer credit for both of these songs. I think it's um, it gives you a little bit more connection to what she was trying to convey as as far as her message. Um, And between the two songs, I wanted to ask you, Koala. Do you feel like there is a theme and a story being told across the songs? I think there is. I don't remember what she explicitly like said in her V Live. I remember her talking about it, but I don't remember it. But uh, as you can see until Rosie participated in both of the lyrics of the songs. So I would say that she definitely partook in it and just like created her own little story for this whole album she also directed the photo shoot for the physical one i remember and it's like a it, there is a theme and you can tell she put a lot of effort in it 
And I think it's just really nice to see how the outcome ended up. How did the songs work together for you? I think they work pretty well together. I think you're the better one to talk about it because you've been looping those two for the whole time. But I think you you can listen to that single album, as they call it, just because it's two songs. Apparently, it's an album now. Mm, you can listen to these songs on repeat. Yeah, just like we said earlier, On the Ground is a very contemporary pop-sounding song. It's a very like easy listening, and it does evoke a lot of similarities to like a Taylor Swift 1989 or like an early days Avril Lavigne. Um, but then like with kind of that funky like EDM sound, um, which is like very radio friendly, right? Gone, I also feel like is radio friendly, but has a lot of emotional resonance. Um, just the way that it's paced, like you can really sit with the lyrics and the word choices. And for me, like like you said, like I've looped both songs for the past uh, five days. <laughs> I I'm I'm still not tired of them. Uh, I mean, that's probably also because I'm a big fan. But I can say <laughs> that it's it's not it's very easy to listen to. And like you said, like just understanding her journey because we are K-pop fans and the journey is such a big part of um, being a fan of the artist and being part of the community and being part of the world. It all feels like it's coming together for her in a really nice like coming of age story type of way. Um, so the way I equate like this release and this album is kind of like those coming of age movies in the past like 10, 15 years where it's like you have um, like the indie girl in high school trying to learn about life, love, and herself, and then kind of going off into um, like college, and then going off into the real world. And still that age of discovery and learning about yourself and learning about how the world operates around you, but then how to figure out how to uniquely shine on your own as a person, as an individual. Um, she has a stage for this song. She pre uh, debuted it at Inkigayo this week. She did both songs, actually. Um, I wanted to ask you about the choreo and what you thought about um, the floor section, uh, because the song title is On the Ground, and also kind of like the camera movements, because it did feel like there was a lot of emphasis on the different um, angles and different um, cuts between sections. Um, and how do you feel like that added to your experience for the song? I think it was definitely important for the camera to be like directed in a specific way because background can be kind of awkward if you if it's just like a static camera and it's just just filming the stage not from the above just filming your feet moving that's kind of awkward but I guess it makes sense to emphasize like on the topic on the ground as the title says because Right now we're in a pandemic anyway, and the there won't be like an audience, so to speak. And even later on for concerts, I believe they don't really like try to do the choreo for concerts for most of the times, but they are just running around and have are having fun with the fans. So I think this choreo is very well thought. And for Gone, it makes sense for that more emotional kind of a song to not have any kind of choreo in specific. What did you think about the installation for Gone? Is it was this geometric shape 
that she was kind of sitting in the middle of. Um, it was very pretty, very beautiful. It almost felt like a Coachella installment. Um, but do you feel like there was any symbolism to her being at the center of it and then her like very angelically just singing Gone, um, almost as if like it was a, a song to herself? Oh, I'm, I'm not that smart, Crispy. The only thought I had that I also shared with you is that it looks like that one good boy performance in like 2014 of Taeyang and GD, and Mama. Well, it makes sense. Cause yeah. Because <laughs> they also had some weird geometric thing on the stage that was giant. Yeah. Um, I, th- I do think that they did a nice job incorporating Gone into this promotion because it, the song is longer but the performance is shorter. Um, but I also feel like it's fitting because the song itself is very impactful in the section that they chose to perform on stage. Um, and I feel like it still gets across the message of her moving on in life and kind of her aches and pains of like love and romance. So I don't know. It just I, To me, it feels like they did a nice job telling a complete narrative between the two songs. Um, yes, granted, I, I imagine the fan base wanted more or at least more music or perhaps even a different sound, but I think the two songs in concert work really well together, especially if you consider how they would interact on a stage performance, on a live show, hopefully one day at a concert. So <laughs> I, I, I'm very excited for just everything that they achieved and how it's all playing out very I don't know. Very, very much a, a celebration of Rosé, right? Um, Another you... thing I wanted to add Go for it. Yeah. was just in general, uh, I think out of the two songs, Gone is the older one with two years. And I think On the Ground should be pretty recent. It's also interesting how like the amount of writers and producers is significantly different if you look at them. And it may also show just like the change of direction they've been through in the past years and their connections that's been growing thanks to their successful career yeah it, it is a nice reflection of i mean i feel like there there is a sub a subplot right between just the two songs and the credits like you said um kind of a progression in their careers but also a progression in their influence and who they're working with now um i, I do Again, not to say that one song is better than the other, or the <laughs> the credits are a reflection of just like um, what they just, what they had versus what they have now. Um, but I do feel like there is a very intentional, purposeful um, message that Gone has with the intimacy of like the, the creative team versus on the ground. You you understand the direction of capturing the contemporary pop song uh, pop sound and the writers and producers that they brought on there have all worked on songs of that caliber with western artists who who are successful um so yeah so it's a nice nice dichotomy right a nice like comparison between the two um was there anything else you wanted to say about um rose in general just um perhaps her wardrobe choices or styling um and just, just again i want that album because hank is also in that album <laughs> I thought she, she had shoots with hank crispy with yeah hank. it's so yeah so that's another like really cool thing right she um so they released a few behind the scenes videos uh, over the weekend and hank is very present 
in a lot of them. And I think it's just really cool that she brings him to the set and she, um, I don't know, this is sound too cliche. She's just a normal girl, a normal girl, just kind of like trying to live her, live her life, but is this like international sensation who is just like so well known now globally. Um, yeah. Um, I think they made this pun on the show. The song is very grounded. <laughs> oh my god! I, I wish there was a better way to put that, but I, I do get what they oh, mean. No. Oh. And in a way, like yes, like you, you do feel like there's a sense of um, going back to your roots as a person. Not necessarily like roots is um, this thing that's like the, the origin story of someone, but kind of like who someone is on the inside as opposed to the influences and things that they have, um, that they choose to show everyone, right? Because, you know, like, there's there's mm-hmm. the side of you that you let the public see, especially if you're someone who is in the public eye, right? But to me, I feel like these two songs are kind of a reflection of what she wants to be as a person and everything that she's done up until this point in her life. Um, granted, she's only 24, but still, like, we all have our journeys, and it's all very important that we acknowledge our histories, right? Everyone has a unique history. Um, any closing thoughts on our little review for Rose's single album? Let's pray we do the next one in, like, a couple of months for Lisa. Please don't, please don't delay it. Please. A couple of months, a couple of years, who knows? <laughs> um, we don't have time, you're old. Uh, yes. It just I, I I need this music before I uh, <laughs> while I can still enjoy it I suppose, um, but yeah just like looking forward to and you know we joke that Lisa's song solo will be in a few years but if you kind of look at the timeline of what YG has accomplished musically in the past I don't know they are year? like. It's been really steadily. Yeah, it's been really steady. Constant releases. So as much as we'd like to temper our expectations, we've kind of, they've kind of set the bar now. Expectations. Yeah, oh, no. they, That's actually, a mistake. Oh, no. They've unfortunately re- reset our expectations, and now we're kind of hoping for a regular release schedule for music from oh, them. No. I don't God know if that's it. a good or bad thing, but hopefully it's uh, hopefully we we just enjoy the ride. All right, so that was our review for Rosé's single album, R. Um, yeah, as you can tell, we are big YG fans, and we are big Blackpink fans, and we are absolutely big Rosé fans. So hoping the best for her career moving forward. Um, now moving on to the rest of the songs this week at the Soju Talk Nation. <laughs> we had three uh, in contention for the Soju chart. Um, we'll go over them um relatively um quickly and in with less detail but um the first one is purple kiss with their debut single panzona panzono panzana panzana it's an a wait yeah i don't know how to pronounce it well they were on the the show they're pronouncing it with the with the new jersey accent Um, i'm not going to do that in fear of uh, offending anyone Oh my God. Doug can because he's from that um, that part of the East Coast. <laughs> but so the song, the crew made a comparison that it has a G-Idol vibe with a Mamamoo melody with a Billie Eilish like breakdown. 
how how do you feel about that comparison? I I didn't get Billy Eilish. I didn't get Mamo, but I did think of G Idol. Yep, same here. I think I'm telling you, it's that weird worship theme that they had for Oh My Girl, where they also had like a ton of people just surrounding the group dancing, and there's just this the same theme here where they're surrounding that weird dude with horns at the end of the MV. Telling you, it's it's that creepy vibe. Yeah, it's the gothic worship like cult, like vibe. Um, do you feel like this is beneficial for them, considering the two more prominent girl uh, girl group concepts are either Girl Crush, which is like the the strong, edgy, um, kind of cool vibe, or in Weekly's case, I think Weekly's the only example that comes to mind right now kind of a cute youthful vibe where it's like i feel like this is probably the only group in recent memory that has started with gothic dark worship and now mm. kind of feel like it's leaning into it as as far as like their core concept mm, i wouldn't say that the gothic theme in specific is like important for them to separate them from others but i just thought before their debut that they just need something different from mamamoo that makes sense because it doesn't really matter what they have they would have chosen as long as it's not the same as Mamamoo. That gothic theme is very much different from Mamamoo, so that's a good thing, I guess, to talk uh, to like um, interest different groups. But I don't know whether that gothic theme in general is like a good idea right now. Maybe it's also just lore and we don't get it, Crispy. Please no, Please no lore. Please no lore. I mean, that being said, I, I do think they've done enough to differentiate themselves from Mamamoo. Um, visually, I mean, they, they are a group with more members than Mamamoo, so that's a good start. I mean, that's a very natural way to distinguish between the two groups. And I do think they are uh, consistent with the RBW vibe insofar as their vocals are very on point. Like you can very much tell that there's an emphasis on vocals um, and vocal, I don't know, vocal uh, <laughs> vocal highlights, right, in the song, where it's like, okay, like this is something that is similar enough to Mamamoo where you can tell they're from the same company, but the vibe, the song, the aesthetic, completely different so far from anything we've seen Mamamoo do. Um, yeah, I think it, it, it's a nice, it's a great start. I've listened to the entire album. I do like it. There are a couple songs that I don't... You know what? No, as a, as a whole album, I think I do enjoy it quite a bit. I just, I don't particularly... I wouldn't particularly say, like, I love the album, but I can see the direction they're going for. And there's enough variety in the types of songs that they've decided to do for that album to release. Any closing thoughts on Purple Kiss's debut? Nope. Alright, moving on to a boy group. Something that you are more of a expert on than I am. So I will <laughs> lean on you for uh, opinions and assistance here. We have Pentagon with Do or Do Not. Do or Not. Not. Do Not. Let's do that again. <laughs> I'm leaving it in. It's fine. Pentagon, Do or Not. Um, right, Koala, t t tell me what you think about the song. I think it's... I think it's very, very cute and 
nice because they changed it up from like the past song, which was I, the last song was Daisy, right? I think it's Daisy. With adding that rock sound in the chorus, which I was like, I didn't really remember any recent Pentagon track to have this rock sound, but maybe I'm also just very bad at memorizing their songs because. For Pentagon, I usually also associate them more for their B-sides, which are most of the times on the slower side, if you look at particular particular ones. Oh my god, English is so hard right now. All in all, I think it's nice to see that they're doing the cute vibe again that they did two years ago, three years, around that time. It's nice to see that they just still switch up everything. And not like settle on one theme, even though it might be popular, but still try out a different direction. So I don't know Pentagon's music at all. <laughs> I, I I honestly listen to the songs weekly only because of the show. Um, I know this. I know Daisy uh, by title only. I can't remember the melody. I can't remember the music video. I know that they talked about it. Just no, like nothing. That. Uh, no, okay, yes. yeah, no. Sorry, I, <laughs> not not me. I got nothing. They compared the song to they compared "Do or Not" to like a Fallout Boy, Bubblegum Boy Group vibe with a little bit of a a band feel to it because they did have um, like the guitar and the drums. Do you feel like this is a sound that? will become more popularized throughout this year with boy groups potentially moving in a more useful direction? Mm, I don't really know. Because it's been a weird development in the past year. We started out with Dark and then we had some mixed re- retro mixed in just for like two months and everyone was doing that. And then we were back to like not a mm, not a typical like youthful but like t- would teen crush be the right definition yeah i, I think, think teen crush is, is yeah i think teen oh, i don't know what teen crush for boy groups looks like so if you tell me you, you're thinking crush, of itzy I, you, you're, yes. you're thinking of okay yes that's all i can think about right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah but more in that direction i would say because Overall, I would think that the cute stuff is kind of over, like the like the excessive cute concept. There may be like a single releases that will tend to that direction, but I don't think that it will actually like pop off again. But don't t- don't take me for my words, please. Don't kill me if it's wrong. And everyone starts doing cute concepts. I have nothing against that. Just you know. Yeah, I mean that's kind of yeah. And that's kind of how the world works, right? You kind of say one thing and all of a sudden everything is completely opposite. So, you know, if <laughs> if Koala predicts that we're not having cute concepts, what's going to happen is the rest of 2021 will be all cute concepts. Nice. Good job, Koala. <laughs> um, overall, I did enjoy the music video when I watched it. Um, it was not a music video where I completely forgot as soon as it was over. <laughs> I I I enjoyed it enough, especially because I watched it. I think with you and who else was there? I think Doug was there. 
there was it Jacob? Was J- it Doki? Yeah, there was a few members from the Soldier Talk Nation on Discord. Um, and we were watching the music videos on Monday uh, just to get prepared for the show. And I gotta say, like, it's it, it's nice. It's a nice music video to watch together with people because you don't have to completely focus on it, but it's still pleasant enough where it makes your time with them more enjoyable. So I will say on, on that sense, it's it's a nice song because it's a song that you can listen to hanging out with friends and it makes things better. So well done, Pentagon. Uh, moving on to the last song this week, we have Woods with a Feel Like. Doug compared the song with Boa's Better. And when I, when I listened to the two um, instrumentals, um, kind of back to back, it does. There are similarities, but I do also feel like this is more uh, prototypical of the groove R and B genre vibe, where it's that baseline, it's that very like trendy, cool, almost like nightclub chic, um, like sound that I think is very similar to like a lot of songs in that genre. Um, but for you, Koala, do you feel like their um, Woods captures this genre very well as far as like the the cool, chic aesthetic? Oh, hell yeah. Have you looked at him in the MV? Tell me <laughs> he more. He fit that shit perfectly well. <laughs> Tell me more. What was it about his uh, his vibe and his, his look that you feel like is, uh, is capturing all the... As as Warren put it, the male sexy soloist of the oh, of the current era. I don't even I don't think there's like a specific thing, but just his presence and his aura and how he just executes certain moves and certain vibes just really fit well with this concept. There are songs in the past few months that are doing this vibe, right? This very like groove R and B um kind of mysterious like chic um like concept but for some reason this wood song stands out to me more because it's i don't know it it just feels like there's i don't know how else to put it but there's just there's something more alluring to this song than any of the other songs we have in the past like i don't want to name other songs but for me when i've heard other songs in this genre in the past two or three months They've been, um, I don't want to be too mean, but they've <laughs> been not as exciting. Does that make sense? Shading. Right. Shade. Like, they're just not as exciting. Where it's like this wood song. I heard that. I was like, oh, this is, a, this is, oh, this is a jam. Yeah. Like, I, I feel this. Um, what do you think about his choreo and the way he danced? Because to me, like, I didn't know anything about woods. I've never watched anything. With Woods in it, I know X1 by name. I've probably seen a couple X1 stages, but to me, like I only know Woods' name. I've never seen him perform. Um, I, to me, he seems like a, an amazing performer and dancer. Um, maybe like that's not his main focus, but it all as a whole, complete package, it worked out really well together. Um, can you tell me more about Woods as far as a dancer and a singer? Dude, you're expecting that I know every boy group and every male artist. Yes. I literally only know him <laughs> from his vibey stuff back and you know, when was different release. It was pre 
X1 and Poe's awkward, unique hiatus. I know him from that phase and I don't really, like, I don't really associate him with dancing in specific. It's really just his music for me. But I guess you can do that because after all, he is a good performer. Yeah, and I think that's one thing that stands out to me and what I feel like is a nice entry point for a lot of new fans um, is the the entire visual package. Because there are some idols, some male idols who, again, not to name any names, are either like all visual, all dance performance, and there's something missing in one of the other elements, whether it be dance, whether it be styling, whether it be stage presence. I feel like Woods, it's not that Woods is like this overwhelming like soloist who's going to like take over the, the genre and take over like the male soloist like top rankings. But there's just something about like the full package of this song in this music video where it's like, yeah, he has my attention. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like uh, I mean, very, a very cool song, a song I, I will probably actually listen to. And music video. Yay! I will Ooh, most time to party! Yeah, right. Um, a music video I will most likely song. watch again. Yeah, um, yeah, amazing, right? Well, th- there you have it, Koala. <laughs> you are witness to me enjoying a male soloist more than just the one time I have to watch the music video. So, yeah. Oh, you enjoy some male soloists, Taeyang, Taemin, Bobby. Yes, admittedly, I do <laughs> like male soloists here and there, but. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's talk about that when <laughs> when we get the chance to in the future. Okay, so moving on to the Soji chart for this week, um, we've had some exciting events. So, Brave Girls oh. Rollin has captured the nation, the nation of Korea, and the nation of Soji Talk, and oh, yeah, yeah, they have made yeah. an amendment that if there is a song that has been of cultural significance within k-pop even if it's an older song and it goes viral that they will cover it and that they will consider it for the soju chart and guess what everyone brave girls is that consideration so we have brave girls at number one with roland we have rose at number two with on the ground and pentagon number three with do or not koala what did you think about how they arrived at this chart? Made sense because it Roland. It makes sense to include it. I'm not listening to it, so it won't be on my chart. And they kind of screwed over Rosie because if the, if it wouldn't be like Roland, if if Roland would have been considered like two weeks earlier when it already started to pop off, Rosie would have gotten the crown this week. Sad, sad. But I mean, I'm fine with it. It makes sense to put it at first, if you consider how popular it is. I was actually surprised with how much the crew, like, on the ground. Because they they did talk about it uh, in depth, right? They, they talked about what they loved about it, and they talked about what um, were some criticisms, right? Not necessarily that they hated the song or that they hated these parts of the song, but things that they were critical about and typically when you have like such a strong dichotomy of things to say it's 
it's uncertain which direction a collective <laughs> of people will will agree or disagree about a song. But all three of them agreed very heavily that this song would most likely have been number one because they all gave it a number two. It's just Brave Girls rolling. It just keeps rolling. So <laughs> here we are. Um, yeah, no, I think I think Brave Girls rolling. I'm listening to the song, so I have no problem with it being number one. And I think as far as the history books for Soju Talk and the Soju Talk podcast, I think this is an important moment. Again, unfortunately, at the expense of Rosé on the ground. But, you know, like, I, I love both songs, and Rosé is getting accolades globally, so, I mean, can I be mad? I really can't be mad. It's like best of both worlds for me. <laughs> I'm fine. It's not treasure. Ah. Very true. That being said, maybe, maybe treasure will, like, go viral at some point, please. And then we will come back evaluating I don't know going crazy in two years or they cover some song it's like a really old YG song and that goes viral so you never know um so that wraps up this week in Soju Talk music um let us know what you guys think about just everything that went on this week um yeah a lot of a lot of music slowly coming out now this year a lot of things changing. I know Doug had mentioned that it's a little bit slower this year as far as like the big hitting songs, but I do feel like we're in for a turn where um, we do have IU coming up. We've got, what else is coming up? Do you need help? Yeah. Name like one Bekion. or two. Exo. Okay. Bekion. Okay. Exo. Okay. There you go. <laughs> All right, see, Koala's got it. What would I do without Koala as my co-host? She's, uh, she's, um, irreplaceable. That's your next week. We'll be going crispy. Oh man, it's gonna be me by myself next week. Maybe by myself. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe I'll get a special guest. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but yes, thank you for joining us for the music section of this week on the Soja Talk Nation. Moving on to State of the Nation. So, Doug. I took a pause there because I don't know how else to phrase this. Um, <coughs> is very immersed in anime. Go listen to the main show for more discussion on sake <laughs> and anime. Let's just put it that way. He's currently watching Sora Online. I have slowed down in my anime watching. So I watch maybe like one episode of a show every day, every two days or so. Um Finished it, by the way. Sword Art Online? Yes, today. Oh, they finished it. That's right. Um, that's that's wild that like, he's finished so many series in a matter of weeks. But, you know, Doug, do you? Perhaps this will lead to a sake talk show. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> um, this week in the World Cup, Warren put together a best weapon for zombie for the zombie apocalypse world cup so uh, he matched up several items objects things um that would be best used for a zombie apocalypse um just off the top um koala <laughs> when you think of the zombie apocalypse the end of the world because of zombies mm. what comes to mm -hmm. mind I would die because in every 
freaking movie, you would need to be freaking athletic or very smart or just very lucky. And I'm none of these. You know, it's funny, like when like zombie popularity happened in the 2010s, right? Everyone had like these power fantasies of being able to survive and being resourceful. And <laughs> I remember like at a comic convention, like you would go to a panel, a discussion on like various topics and there's like writers and artists and journalists and just people who cover this stuff as media, as a profession. And a lot of them would basically say like, no, in the zombie apocalypse, most of us would actually die because no one's that much of a hero. And I thought about, I was like, yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> like I'm, I'm probably not as exciting as the people in movies and TV. So, uh, and I, my, my knowledge of like survival, basic survival, isn't probably that great. So um, it's really just a matter of how well you can keep yourself together before you have a, a, a psychotic breakdown with all the murder and death and disease around you. So yeah, just wanted to put that out there as a, as a positive way to start this conversation. Yay. <laughs> um, but yeah, with, with zombies, I've, I've been a big fan for a very long time. Um, not to sound like a hipster or anything, but I read The Walking Dead back when it was like issue 70 is when I started. And that was at least two years before the show had ever released. And that was before like the big like zombie boom in the 2010s. When did it release? Like which year? I think The Walking Dead happened like 2011. So 2009. Or, or maybe... when you... I was five when you read the comics. <laughs> Let's let's move on. <laughs> Time is a construct. Time is a construct. Uh, and Doug mentioned the the zombie survival guide book. So I I had read that also. Um, I had read that actually before 2010. So good. Oh my god. Good gracious. Um, I I still have a copy of it. I actually got a copy signed by the author. I met him at a comic convention. He's very nice. He's he's um. He's the son of someone else in, in Hollywood. He's super like intelligent and he's made so much money off of everything he's done with zombies in the past two decades. The feeling that we need a special episode where do you just drop all the Comic Con stories? I know. Maybe we should have a what would it be called? I don't know. Nah. Like a Comic Con. Like a nerd talk show or something. <laughs> um but yeah, so then also he wrote World War Z, the original novel which is a collection of interviews set in a world of zombies. So imagine like a post, a post World War II story, but instead of the, um, the people that you're fighting to be like Nazis, it's zombies. <laughs> so <laughs> it's actually a far more serious book than, uh, than the movie like played out to be. The movie played out to be like his action adventure zombie story. The book is a lot more like deep introspective, um, like post-traumatic like war-torn story so yeah just a couple nuggets of information there with uh, zombies and my experience uh, Qual, did you, have you ever seen The Walking Dead or World War Z? I've started The Walking Dead I've never finished it I think I, I don't know what I think I have watched World War Z I'm not sure okay yeah. Uh, but you have seen other zombie movies. Um, I, know, yeah, I know you've seen Chain of the Sun, and I know we, mm -hmm. and we've watched uh, Hashtag Alive. 
or as we Germans would say, am Leben, which sounds terrible. What do you mean? That sounds excellent. <laughs> I oh. totally know what that is. And I think I have played a bit of The Last of Us, which is like a bit of zombies. Oh, yes. Mm. Oh, The Last of Us is, is excellent. I love that game. Um, <laughs> yeah, but so you are very experienced, at least as far as the story <laughs> and what a world of zombies would entail. How overall, how do you feel like the selections for weapons compares to the ability to survive that kind of world? <laughs> Warren was trolling hard with some of these again. <laughs> Tickle me, Elmo, for real. I mean, I, I thought okay. So before like they even like went to the first uh, the first matchup. I thought it was it was gonna be, you know, pretty like fi- like power fantasy heavy. Or I was like machetes, kant- katanas. <laughs> you really thought that? And like rocket launchers. Like oh, sick! Let's go! Like some I really was ready weird... for for like something like tomatoes or something like that because it's boring. You were not you were not far off from your expectation. <laughs> like okay, like it starts off like the first one, a thousand piece Lego set. Or a soup ladle. What? <laughs> you 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 do remember the dark hairstyle episode? Do you remember what Warren chose for that? I, I do, but th- that's hairstyles. Like you can you know that they're gonna be weird. But this is like, huh? Like how how do you come up with a- any of these? I, I don't it's like know. Hansel and Gretel with the Lego pieces just yeah. everywhere. Um, I thought kimchi with infinite ammo is pretty uh on point on brand i'm surprised it didn't win <laughs> and uh let's just not repeat what they said but uh the mallet the uh the food mallet made it very far <laughs> <laughs> the the hammer that you use in a kitchen for certain food products Let's just let's just say that. I don't know what you mean. I'm beating up zombies. Ten out of ten. Well, I mean zombies have meat in their brains. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Continue. Um. So overall, like, what did you think about the discussion and how? Uh, how about this? How how would you rate the survivability of a lot of these items as far as your survivability in the zombie apocalypse? I don't think I would survive with any of these. Because for the gun is good if you know how to handle a gun and if you're athletic enough to also run away if there's a lot of zombies coming. And like everything else is basically made for short distance fight. And I'm not good at that. I would panic. I would probably hit myself. <laughs> cool. You're... No, I actually can't defend you. I don't know how coordinated you are in real life, so... Mm-hmm. You see? <laughs> uh, you know, the thing that they teach you in the zombie survival guide, you never fight zombies because they're slow. Or at least you hope that they're slow in the zombie apocalypse. So your best uh, resource is actually just to move. And you don't have to move fast. You just need to, like, power so walk away. you're saying we're fucked if the zombies are, like, actually super fast? If they run, yeah. But then again, like in certain movies, when zombies run, they uh, they have a certain 
They can only expel that much energy to run for a certain period of time, and then they just die. So it's but like, like we we it's movies. We never know. Maybe our zombies will be flesh-like creatures. Okay, I mean now we're bringing zombie science into this. I'm not an expert. I'm sorry. So <laughs> you never know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm surprised that none of these items, aside from the scooter, were about like mobility and moving and like getting the fuck out of there because i feel like that's the best way to survive a zombie apocalypse is just to keep moving just move imagine? Just go. <laughs> like it's a zombie apocalypse and you're just riding your bike very happily <laughs> in the street as long as the zombies aren't running you're actually like, fine like that, that typical that typical anime moment when you're on a big bridge with your bike and just crossing it Oh. And then, like the the light, the the sunset like hits the water. Yes, and, <laughs> and just yeah. in the back of the of the screen, you will be able to see like a bunch of zombies. A horde of zombies just following you. Yeah, well, that's like oh. the Walking Dead zombies, right? They they shamble is how they describe it. They don't actually mm -hmm. run. And most that for mobility is like not usable for a greater period of time, though. Like a car dead. Yeah. Because you don't have fuel anymore. Yeah. A bike, kind of dumb. Because, pff, obvious mean? reasons. A bike is perfect. The scooter, also kind of dumb. Uh, what? As long as as long as long you don't need to power it, you can just move. And, like, but push yourself. But aren't you, like, exhausted at some point? Well, you build up your cardio. That's what you need. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're very unlucky, the bike is also just very bad. And it's raining a lot. And... Pff, You see? Mm -mm. So, what, so what you mean to say is none of us would survive the zombie apocalypse regardless of what we had. Yeah. Because even the gun... Uh, 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 like, probably the knockback alone of the gun would kill me. <laughs> <laughs> surprised you even... <laughs> yeah, surprised you even um, have experience with the, the kickback of a, of a rifle or a gun. Have you ever shot a gun? I am not an American, no, sir. Okay, just wondering. I, well, I don't know what Germany is like. <laughs> um, yeah, Americans, we love our guns. So, um, yes, I have fired a gun in my life. Oh, God help. And that's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds kind of sus. What? kind of lie. It's open to interpretation. Okay. You can interpret it however you like. Granted, I also live in California, and California is also a liberal state, so... God damn it. Just to um, throw some more confusion into what perhaps I mean by any of this. Everything is unclear, and now we're getting off topic. Anyways, um, closing thoughts on the World Cup for the zombie apocalypse weapons? It was weird. It was weird, but it was fun. I mean, I appreciate this type of conversation. It was funny, though. Yeah. Again, like, it's type of discussions like this where i can just like have it on during a walk and i don't have to think super hard about what they're talking about <laughs> so uh i love it keep it up crew um keep it up warren with more uh weird things to compare and contrast all right so moving on to well almost to the end of the show this week um we're gonna do well we'll see how long it takes us to get there but we are going to do a kingdom preview in this next section um 
Kingdom is airing on April 1st. So in less than a month from now. And on the server, Doug has opened up a Kingdom channel for all Kingdom discussions. And I think it's very exciting because it gives us a place to focus our discussion and conversation. But it also gives people a place to learn about and keep track of all the kingdom news, especially a person like me who does not follow boy <laughs> groups and, uh, you know, would probably miss a lot of the preview promotions had uh, it not uh, been uh, collected in one specific place. No, 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 place. no, no. So. You, you have me. There is icon. I will simp. Yeah, you, you, you're such a simp. It, it would only be icon. Like I would not get any news about BTOB or a tease, a tease. Oh my god! <laughs> or the boys or SF9 and Stray Kids. Like I would have to like, like find it you everywhere could else. Guess that all these other groups would have similar content. If I can get the teaser pick, to the others probably also have one. Yeah, well now it's in one very specific location, and I don't have to search for it. You know, Do you actually look at it. Yes, I, I I went through the channel. I mean, there's not much on there right now, so it's perfect for me. So it's like... Okay, so you were saying that you will drop out once the show starts. I mean... <laughs> I'm going to watch the show. Depends on how invested I'll be with talking about it. But I think... Bobby, Bobby. I think it's set That's up really it. nicely so far. Uh, so some details about the show. It is airing April 1st. They've already shot a few things for the show, um, and I think that will air sooner, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-mm. No? Okay. Uh, oh, it, it aired already, but the that's stuff that's going okay. to air tomorrow is something else. Got it. Okay. Thank you, Koala. What would I do without you? We're going to find out next week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the host will be SM's You Know and Changmin from TVXQ, TVXQ, so SM will be represented as far as the host. And the groups, we have 80s, BTOB, The Boys, Icon, SF9, and Stray Kids. All right, Koala, what is your mm-hmm. fandom and level of knowledge for the boy groups aside from Icon? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I should be, I listen to... I would say I listen to SF9 and Stray Kids the most out of these, and I know like pretty much all of the title tracks of the boys and 80s. I'm not familiar with B2B. Given that they're probably also the oldest group, and that I'm not that much exposed to them in the present time. Yeah, I mean, it's more, more or less... No, actually, it's less me, because I only know most of these groups by name. <laughs> so let's, let's just put that out there. <laughs> like, SF9, I know by name. I don't know any of the songs. Like, if you told me, if you gave me a music video and I recognize the music video in a song, that yeah, time. probably. Um, Icon and Stray Kids are the two groups I know the most about just because Stray Kids had a great 2020. And up until that point, their music was actually a lot more unique than a lot of boy groups. So I did listen to their albums prior to 2020. But again, like, I wouldn't have been able to like Whoop. recognize many of the songs. I know one song prior to 2020. Me, how do you pronounce it? It starts with an M. Which? Miro? Miro, yes. I know that song. Which? Yeah, Stray Kids song. So it doesn't sound like you know that song. Well, I don't want to mispronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, and then I know Icon. Um, I know Icon by name prior to 2020. And then 
you know things happened but you know i like i like everything that they've done so far and ats i know by name yeah i mean i'm just i'm just a brand new boy group fan to uh, to get into this show um so discord uh the discord channel um a poll was put up a survey um with two categories so one is who do you expect to win and the other is who do you hope to win uh quality you want to read the results please so for the category of expect to win stray kids is on the first place with 60 percent of the votes that would be aiden total no nine i don't do math you do the math is it nine then it's 16 entries. You do the math. Yeah, just go, by, go by the percent. Make it sound like it's a, a, a larger sample size than it is. Let's just go by percent. Yes. <laughs> Stray Kids had 60%. The boys had 20. Icon had 30, 13.3%. 80s had 67 And both B2B and SF9 had no votes. And for the category of Hope to Win, Stray Kids also led, leaded this category with 53.3%, Icon was in second with 20%, ATs had 13.3%, and B2B also had 13.3%. Thank you, Koala. Um, I feel like these votes are very representative of fandom, right? As far as like global yes. fandom and accessibility. Because for me, like Stray Kids, I know about them because they have a very like, edgy Western-friendly sound. They're from JYP, so they have the natural exposure crossover from um, God Seven and Twice, especially Twice, and also like to a degree considered in the same era as Itzy. Um, so just on the server in general, I feel like that is the demographic that Straight Kids captures. Mm-hmm. Um, the boys had a lot of popularity from Road to Kingdom. And I feel like people got to see exactly what they can bring to the table. So that brought a lot of um, new fans, I would say, to the boys. And Icon, definitely by name, and definitely, I like to think that we had a lot to do with the pe- being influ- people, uh, influencing people. <laughs> that was hard to say. This was hard. Yeah, it's very hard. But I like to think we had a lot of influence on people's opinion as far as um, them being aware of Icon and what they can do. And then surprisingly, 80s is low on both sides of this um, this poll. What did you think of the overall results and how is this a reflection of the sentiment around these groups, whether that's the, the global perception and how do you think that aligns with what the Korean perception will be? I think in general this doesn't really fit with the global perception because this is very much our community, as you can tell, because B2B has 13.3%. I would guess that if you ask global fans who they would hope for to win, the minority would say B2B and more would vote for the boys and SF9 who got no votes in this uh, poll. In general, I can't really tell how Korea would be like because... If you look at the charts, B2B and Icon and the boys would be at the top. But I don't know whether the netizens and like the whole fandom in general would be the same as the general public's interest. Yeah, you make a really good point, Koala. It's it's hard for us to zoom out and kind of see 
the kind of global picture and also the domestic picture in Korea of how well these groups are received, right? Because, you know, as fans, we follow the charts and we follow to our best ability um, what is said on the news and how these groups are reported. But we don't have, like, an intimate experience with the everyday life and the everyday exposure of these groups um, in Korea. And then also, as much as we like to think we're citizens of the world, we're still a very small community of people that talk to each other, like primarily talk to each other about the things that we love and like. And oftentimes those are going to be um, pushed in a certain direction, depending on the popularity of certain fandoms on the server. And especially like the age of a group, like you said, with B2B, where they're a little bit older, they may hit a little an older demographic and the younger members of the server may not have any familiarity with them as a group. Um, What are your expectations for the stages, the song selections and potential remixes and renditions for songs? I don't have any expectations for like songs. I would just guess that it's very performance heavy, given that I would say, except for Icon and B2B, all of them are pretty much performance-based. So that's the only guess I would have. I just hope that Icon and B2B can also pull uh, pull that concept. And in general, even though performances are nice, I would also hope for like just collaborations between the groups with more vocal-based songs, maybe. I think Queendom was a nice example of... They had a lot of... I mean, it was very like stage performance-heavy, but you can also tell like there are certain groups where it's they're different they're clearly in different eras, right? I would think I would say like Lovelies felt different from AOA. AOA felt different from Mamamoo and G Idol. And then somewhere in the middle was Oh My Girl. Um <laughs> Park Bomb being the the outlier of it all, where I don't think she was she participated in any of the performance collaborations as far as the dancing ones, but she was definitely there for the vocal performances. And as much as we, as much as the, the, the kingdom preview during mama felt like it was going to be a very performance heavy show. I do think that there is going to be some room for different types of collaborations and renditions. I think one of my favorite performances from queendom is still when, um, they covered, Instagram by Instagram, Dean. Right? Instagram. And that was so just a complete like art piece installation or you know, the two like, Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> I mean, both of the girls were styled in such a way where it's like, oh, they're capturing two different sides of the coin. And it's like, oh man, it's getting chills thinking about it. Um, <laughs> oh so I, I my hope is that there are going to be more stages like that than just the heavy, performance-heavy, choreo-heavy, aggressive, like, thematic, like, battling kingdoms, like, concept. Um, Just because it's a nice way to, like, slow things down, you know? I also hope that, but I would say it's not very probable. Because if I remember correctly, Road to Kingdom had no vocal, like, vocal focused stage at all if i'm not wrong most of like all of them had a very heavy performance aspect and boy groups in general are just very 
present for their performances in my opinion like more than girl groups because i think more people talk about like that amazing i don't know dance of the boys on road to kingdom final performance instead of talking about who's good at dancing for girl groups you help you are you were during uh, <laughs> yep yep you are you were during kingdom when she did michael jackson that, queendom yep. queendom sorry i just got super excited i couldn't think it was no. you were. so i think it will be i still think it would be very performance heavy but they have b2b though maybe they gotta find some kind of midway the sad thing is just that around all of these participating idols there seems to be like some kind of scandal or missing member it's kind of sad like ATs is missing one because of health issues I think Stray Kids is missing one because of uh, the scandals hmm. and the other groups lost a member in the last year and a half so it's kind of kind of mad and and even even the hosts like i don't know which guy from tv excuse in the scandal right now because of covid uh it's you know uh, guideline is it you know i don't remember. i think it's you know i think it just happened this past week <laughs> you see so it's kind of because they already said that they will edit try to edit out hyunjin from stray kids how do how do you edit out the host you know you know with eh, with eh. all the complications of this of, of this situation I, I don't know how they're going to get around it because they so do you remember in um good girls with um like that that rap competition show with um yeah so they they literally blurred him out and they edited <laughs> around him I don't think they're going to do that <laughs> for these groups <laughs> they can't because... the host is pretty is really present on the yeah, stage if they something. And you can't just you can't just blur him out next to his co-member. Yeah. <laughs> it's not possible. And also, like with the with how elaborate these stages are expected to be, I don't think there's any way that they can like hide or edit around certain numbers. Who? Oh, you can for Hyunjin because they've only filmed like the first or episode or two. Okay. And the only thing where he would have to be present is like the meeting. Not even the meetings. You can you can choose different angles, camera angles. The only thing he would be present would be the stage. So you can definitely try to edit him out if you try hard now. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's something I I totally forgot like going into the show until you <laughs> said it right now. That a lot of the groups, even the hosts, are going through some stuff right now. So, I mean, that makes for a really interesting storyline. Like behind the scenes thing to think about when you're watching the show, um, yeah. So I mean, it doesn't it doesn't dampen my expectation and hype for the show. I mean, I still think I'm super excited for everything. It's Ooh. just man, like you putting it that way. It's like oh, every group's got something that they gotta work through. The boys lost a member. Uh, I can lost a member. Yeah. Pain. Yeah. B2B lost a member not too long ago. God yeah. damn it. Man, it's. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Um, any any final thoughts and things you're hoping for um, moving forward into the show? Oh dear God, please I can please 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 get recognition, please. <laughs> I'm praying. <laughs> oh, I just want to see them succeed. Oh my God. 
Yeah, I I hope so too. And honestly, like with with them releasing Y Y Y, and then with Bobby's album, why you? I think I think they're set up to at least get some of the recognition that like an Oh My Girl or like an AOA got near the end of their run before you know things happen. It's <laughs> so it's really dependent on how this show is structured, how they weigh like the whole criterias and just like just looking back at Queendom and Road to Kingdom, you can't you really can't tell. You you don't know who will be like the Dark Horse. The WM groups though, they both succeeded pretty well in both of these shows. Yeah. I mean I'm yeah, I mean that's one thing we can kinda of say with with confidence that both of those groups did really well. And considering one is still one was only King, Road to Kingdom. Um yeah, hopefully it does bode well for groups like Icon and like BTOB to get that recognition and hopefully be in the public consciousness moving forward. All right, so that closes our kingdom preview. Closing thoughts for the week, just a weekly check-in. What are you looking forward to in K-pop community life next week, Koala? Han, Bin, Han, Bin. It's in two days. Oh, my God. It's very exciting that he's coming back with music. He's very talented. I hope there's a collaboration with <laughs> Lehigh. Beehigh? But, you know, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, it's it's nice that we're getting so much music in different ways in the past couple of weeks. Like, it does feel like I'm I'm far more engaged and active in the music scene as far as the, the artists that I know and follow already. So I'm I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty, pretty excited, you know? Pretty, he's, yeah. he's such an angel. Like, all the profit he will make will be donated to children in needs. You are a simp. I see. He's such an angel. <laughs> and he's done that before. You are a simp. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, anything else going on in life? So, you, so, just to remind everyone, Koala will unfortunately not be present for next week's show. Very sad. I you may, will survive it. I may have to do it alone. I may have to request. You assistance. can you can invite your cats. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, they they talk. For right? Zamara segment. They talk in, with human. My cats are amazing. They wake me up at six in the morning every day for me to feed them. Six in the morning, like daylight saving. <laughs> no, six in the morning, anytime. So even with daylight <laughs> savings, it's six in the morning, which means five in the morning for my brain and my body. So I'm doing great. I'm doing, I'm doing great. Um, yeah, I think that's like probably the only thing I have, um, like life looking forward to is just cats and trying to get outside. People are getting vaccinated now in California, so hopefully seeing people soon. What is a vaccine? Germany doesn't know. I'm so sorry. You're going back to school though. You're seeing people. Yay. Yay! Woo! Um, I don't care. Life, who, who cares about that? Oh. Music, though. Kang Sung Yoon. So many solos I'm anticipating. Oh. Someone help me. Oh, yeah, so much music. I don't know how you're going to have a chance to uh, to listen to any of that if you're studying for exams and being It's a full album, school. even. Sung Yoon is coming back with a full album. Like, at least eight tracks. Yeah, I don't Not know. Not coming back. He's have... debuting. Yeah. yeah. 
any time for any of that. So. I have. Uh, you don't remember? I need. I I need an hour on the bus so I can oh, listen on the bus. That's right. Do you want to record from the bus? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's like six a.m. for me. So nine p.m. for you. Nine. Wait. No. Wait. Ten p.m. Yeah, I could record. Totally at 10 doable. PM. Yeah, totally. Yeah, we'll figure out a schedule. If you want to like hear noisy, really, really dumb and annoying teenagers, German teenagers in the background, sure. Here's some aggressive German. Perfect. Exactly how I want to start my day. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, Koala, it's going to be sad without you next week, but I'll survive. You I'll, will survive I'll it. Figure out I won't way. survive the exams, though. Yeah. I won't survive the exams. School will be a thing. You know what? If maybe, maybe we'll do like a bonus episode or something. Yeah. Maybe we'll figure a out. Check a check oh. Well, maybe we'll figure out a way to get, to get you on something next week. We'll get a recording. Yeah, just putting that out there. Um, yeah, any final please, thoughts? Please, for audience. The week? Uh, uh, I don't think so. Uh, no, I don't think so. No? All right. Well, thank you for listening to the Soju Talk Nation podcast, episode 10. Subscribe on YouTube, follow on Spotify or your preferred podcast platform. And continue the conversation on the Soju Talk K-pop podcast Discord. This has been the Soju Talk Nation for Koala. This is Crispy. Bye. Bye.